This episode of In My Own Words is dedicated to the people who claim to love their dogs more than human beings. Listen, as humans, I don't know what we did to you to make you feel this way, but I do have one thing to say, and actually, I'm going to let a special guest say it to you right now. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell, all right, let me tell you, <laughs> we don't care. Welcome to In My Own Words, where we stand behind our opinions like Shed Hanks stands behind his Jamaican accent. I am your host, Tony R. Sanders. Happy New Year, man. This is the first episode I'm doing of the new year where it's just me. There's no special guest here except for Stephen A. Smith. Thank you for doing that so much. Uh, but there's no special guest here. It's just me. We will have some call-in uh, people later from Facebook and from Twitter, from my social media, who want to weigh in on the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And this is who the episode is dedicated to. It's dedicated to those people who somehow love their dogs more than human beings. I don't understand it, but we're going to get to the bottom of it a little bit later. But before we do, I have an announcement. I have breaking, breaking news for 2020. This episode, the one that you're listening to right now, the one that you're watching right now, this will be the last Sunday episode. We are moving the show to Mondays. So let me explain a little bit about the move and why we're doing it. Number one, if you enjoy the show now, you're going to enjoy it even more when we move to Mondays. The format is going to change a little bit. As you see, things look a little different. I still got both cameras going. We still got great sound quality. The production value is going to stay the same. But we are going to produce the show uh, a little bit better. I want to make it a little more entertaining to watch. And I want to make sure that it's valuable and getting you through your day. I know a lot of people love to watch content just to help them pass the time. And so I put out a poll on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, you see I put up polls almost every day, at least five times a week. So check them out. If you are following me on Twitter or even on my Facebook page, you'll see some polls popping up. And the reason why I do that is I want to make sure that I'm giving you the content that you need when you need it. And when we did the poll about the best days and the worst days to watch or listen to a podcast, the top two worst days were Friday and Sunday. Now, I have a theory as to why that is, but right now I'm not going to go into that theory. It's just important for me to know that if I'm releasing a podcast on the worst day for the people who follow me to listen or watch that podcast or watch that YouTube or Facebook watch show, it's probably not a good day to do that, right? So I'm going to move it to Mondays. I want to make sure that you can not only watch it, but also complete the episodes while you're at work. And so I know a lot of you guys like me, I take a lunch break, I go to my car, I go to the break room, I go to wherever I am, I put on my headphones, and I watch a Breakfast Club interview, or I watch a clip from the Joe Button podcast, or I watch something Kev on stage is doing, or some other creator that I love within that time span. And so I'm going to give you shows and content that you can watch from 11 when you go on lunch break and be done by 11.30 by the time it's time for you to go back to work, you will get the meat of the episode. Now, the interviews, 
You know how these conversations get. You know how the, the dialogue is so good. Those are always going to be a little bit longer. I can't promise you 30-minute interviews. I can't promise you 45-minute interviews. Normally, my interviews take an hour to an hour and a half because I have interesting guests and there's so much for us to cover. But I do want to say that I'm working on making the content better in 2020. I want this to be our own little TV network. And so you know how on a TV network they play maybe one or two shows that you like, but then everything else you're not really feeling? That's not how we're going to do it. On this network, we're going to bring you not only what you want, but when you want it delivered the way that you want it. So be on the lookout for 2020. This is the last Sunday episode. I want to say that again. You'll see that more on social as the week goes on. But this right here is the last Sunday episode. The first episode of 2020 where it's just me doing a, the podcast. It feels old school now. I've done so many interviews in a row. But this is the first episode of the new year where it's just me in the last Sunday episode. So make sure you subscribe and check us out on Mondays. All right, let's get into some things, man. For our first topic of the day, it is a thank you. I have thank you mail. I want to thank you for everyone who came out to my comedy show uh, a couple weeks ago at the Level Up Gaming Lounge. It was great. It's the most people I've seen at that spot um, since I've been going to that spot. I've, I've probably been a handful of times. There's always great comedy there, great food there, great drinks, of course. But you guys came, showed up, and showed out. And for it to be my first show of the new year... And my first uh, showcase that I've ever done for you guys to show up the way that you did, I thought was really incredible. People from my old job showed up, my family showed up, my friends, my dad was there. It's always a little different when your dad is in the audience watching you do stand up. But I had to give uh, some jokes to my dad. And so that happened. I'm going to release another clip from the stand up uh, that I want to put out on socials probably in the next week or two, so be on the lookout for that. But this is one thing I want to explain to you guys. Actually, let me take that back. I have two things to explain to you guys about stand-up. Now, I understand uh, there's this, um, I don't want to say people don't appreciate stand-up, because that's not true, but people don't appreciate enough, from my perspective, the value of good stand-up and the work that it takes to go into stand-up. So this is traditionally how stand-up works, right? And people always say, you didn't invite me to your show. You didn't invite me to your show. I saw you went up. I put out little clips of me going up maybe on my Instagram story saying, oh, I'm at this comedy club. I'm at this comedy club. But guys, I'm going to open mics. At an open mic, what you do is work on the jokes that either didn't work at the show or maybe some new material that you're trying to flush out and get it to a spot where it's presentable and funny. When I go to an open mic, the goal is not necessarily to make everyone in the room laugh. The goal is to make the joke better so that when I get to a weekend show, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show, the joke is amazing. I know it works. And it hits as hard as it could possibly hit. People think that when we do stand-up, we're up there just talking and we're just being funny and we're saying whatever funny thing pops in our head. That happens sometimes, right? If you look at the clip that I put out from last Friday about R. Kelly, that wasn't planned. I didn't know the audience member was going to be drunk and yell something random out, but it happened and I said the first funny thing I thought that came to my mind. That's not normally how it works. Normally how it works is comedians go from open mic to open mic and nightclubs where there's hardly a few people there. There's more comedians than patrons there. You work on your material. You polish it up. You get it to a really, really funny spot. 
and then you take it to a Friday, Saturday, Sunday show. And so when I go to an open mic, I'm not going to invite you out more times than not because I am working on new material. Sometimes it's just an idea that's not funny yet. So now I got to go figure out how to make it funny, right? And you don't want to see that process. It's a really, really ugly process. Think about some of the most divisive jokes you've ever heard. One that comes to mind immediately is, and I'm not even going to say the person's name, but um, there's a lot of people who do race jokes, right? And it comes from real thoughts, sometimes real racist thoughts. And so think about that joke when you heard it on the special. It was hilarious, right? It was funny. Maybe it pushed you back a little bit, but it was funny. Well, I guarantee you this. The first time they said it out loud, it wasn't that funny. Some people were like, whoa, this is going to a scary, uncomfortable place. But you have to give a comedian enough time to work to those things. And so that's one thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is this. I am not going to text everybody individually or Facebook message everybody individually saying, hey, I have a show. I would love to. As a matter of fact, what I will do is email you. You can sign up for my email list and that way you can get an email directly to your inbox about every show. But there are plenty of people, you're supposed to text me. You're supposed to tag me in the flyer. You're supposed to send a flyer to my inbox. Let's be honest. You don't want that. I see that on Facebook all the time. I have multiple groups on my Facebook right now where I am leaving the group or have the group muted or somebody added me into a messenger group. I hate that stuff. Don't tag me in something that I'm not a part of and don't message me something that's a part of a a group message or a chain letter. If you want me to see it, you need to send it to me directly. But if it's something that I'm promoting for the world to see or for everybody in my city to see, I can't send it to everybody individually. And so I'm not not inviting you to the show. I posted it on Facebook and then you got to come see the show after that. It's up to you. And so I'm working on the better communications to get it out to everybody. But I wanted to start with some thank you mail to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who came down, who come out. How, what's the what's the proper word? Came out. Whoever wanted that came out. Everyone who. <laughs> Oh, who uh, showed up, who laughed, who enjoyed the show. And also everybody who shared the clips on social media. That means a lot too. When you share that clip on your Instagram story or when you share it to your Facebook family, that means a lot to me as well. That gets um, the word out there that I'm doing stand up and maybe get more people excited to come and see me. I'm not going to release the full set of what I did last Friday on YouTube or on Facebook for you guys to watch all 15 to 20 minutes of it because if you saw that, Guess what? You won't come see me live. So thank you, Mel, to everybody who came out to support, who subscribed to my email list and saw the show there, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also to all the people who uh, decided to share the video. I appreciate it so much. All right, man, let's get into a WOW Award. Now, for those of you who don't know, I give away WOW Awards for people who choose Wackness Over Wisdom. That's the acronym. It's people who know better, but somehow still just don't do better. Now, I'm not convinced that the group of people I'm about to talk about actually knows better, but they should know better. I feel like people have multiple personalities. I feel like you got your your uh, regular personality, if I met you in real life, how you would act. And I'm normally cool with that person. But then you got these other personas around that that really makes the game difficult. You got your Instagram persona, right? Where you want to post all of these perfect pictures and boomerangs and let everybody know your life is good. You got your Twitter personality where everybody wants to crack jokes and be funny. I tweeted earlier this week, I'm funny everywhere except on Twitter. Because on Twitter, 
y'all will try to Kevin Hart somebody fast. <laughs> y'all will dig up old tweets from a million years ago when it was cool to say what I said and it was funny to say what I said, but now that I'm successful, you want to bring that stuff up. So you got your Twitter personality, your Instagram personality, your Facebook personality, because your aunties is on there. You can only do so much on Facebook with your aunties on there. You know, your aunties is watching you, making sure you do what you're supposed to do, right? And your grandma on there too. My grandma's on Facebook. We not Facebook friends though. And y'all better not tag her in this when I post this. But uh, your grandma is on there too. So then, and we're not even going to talk about your LinkedIn profile. You're not on there doing much anyway. But you have all of these personalities, these multiple personalities. And the lynch mob personality exists, in my opinion, more on Twitter than any other place. I don't see a lot of lynch mobs happening and starting and forming any other place the way that I see it on Twitter. Sure, the shade room gets a little messy in the comments sometimes. Sure, famous person or newscast will post something on Facebook and you can go through the comments and the comments look crazy at times. But it doesn't happen. They don't form and swarm the way that they do on Twitter anywhere else that I've seen. And the reason this is a problem for me is this. And I got to give it to you in my own words. It's the only way I know how to do it. We have to get to a point where we can still be honest with each other and respect each other. I can be honest with you about a situation that I'm observing that I see that you have going on or just be honest with you about the facts without being disrespectful to you. I'll give you an example, and this plays into my wild award. Jillian Michaels, if you don't know, she was on The Biggest Loser, I believe. There's another show that she was on I can't think of at the moment, but she is a fitness coach. She, she whips people in the shape, right? Her whole job is to make you the healthiest, most fit person that you could possibly be. People got mad at her for some comments that she made about Lizzo. And matter of fact, before I go any further, I want to roll the clip right now. And I love celebrities like Lizzo or Ashley Graham who are really preaching self-acceptance. I love her music. Yeah, 100%. I don't know anything about her. I'm sure she's a cool, awesome chick. Yeah, and I love that they're putting images out there that we normally don't get to see of bodies that we don't get to see being celebrated. And um, why are we celebrating her body? Why does it matter? That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we celebrating her music? Because it isn't going to be awesome if she gets diabetes. Okay, somebody tell me, what is the problem? You're talking to a fitness coach about someone's fitness. Let me back up because I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's the number one thing I want to say. She said what you all would want her to say. She said, you know what? Lizzo makes great music. Why can't we just celebrate her for music? Why do we even have to bring her body into it? That's an important thing. When people were saying um, that certain singers, certain female singers only get the looks that they get or only have the fans that they get because of how they look physically, you guys weren't okay with that. Whether it was Beyonce, Rihanna, Nicki, Cardi, whoever, Meg Thee Stallion, she wouldn't be getting all of this love if she wasn't twerking, if she didn't have bionic knees. I don't know if that's true or not, but we can look at the art and not necessarily look at the artist, which I know is hard to do today. Years ago, you didn't know anything about the artist. You only knew the art. You didn't know how much of a sicko Elvis was. All you knew was the art that Elvis put out. You saw him on the Ed Sullivan show or wherever you've seen him at. I don't know why I'm pulling out that reference. That's way even beyond my time. But you didn't know how sick some of these artists were. All you knew was the art was dope. And so when you have someone... Just any individual, let's take Jillian Mikens out of it for a second, any individual that is just saying, hey, 
How about we not objectify this person and talk about their body? Right? Women, Twitter, which is what y'all want. Stop objectifying me. Stop object. Okay, we're trying. Let's not talk about Lizzo's body anymore. I think everybody could, rate, by show of hands, who's good with not talking about Lizzo's body ever again? I'm going to put up, <laughs> that's, a, that's a 100% vote right there, people. We don't want to talk about it anymore. Y'all keep bringing it up. Y'all keep bringing it up. And when you bring it up to someone like Jillian Michaels, who gets people into shape for a living, she's going to say what she said. It's not going to be funny if Lizzo gets diabetes. It's not. It's not going to be funny if she gets some type of sickness or disease or something of the fact that is a result of her weight and her being obese. Now, we got to stop with not being able to tell people the truth. And I, I, one thing I hate that happens is when you talk to somebody that's overweight, they're always really quick to tell you. And you don't even ask them. This is how you know they feel insecure about it. You don't even ask them. They start telling you automatically about all their other statistics that the doctor told them was good. No, my blood sugar is good. My, my cholesterol is down. My, my, my energy is good. My wind is good. My oxygen is good. What about your BMI? Did, did they ask you about that? What did the doctor say about, so you're leaving out that statistic. What about your BMI? Did they ask you about that? Your wind is good, but what about after a brisk walk? How you feel then? Can you still talk and jog at the same time? That's the kind of conversations we need to have if we're going to have the conversations. But allow us to not have the conversations. If I see someone who's overweight and obese, and those are the facts, I can't say it. Especially being asked on top of that, if I am a fitness guru and this is what I do for a living, I'm not diagnosing her, but you don't need to be a, a PhD to look at someone and say, yeah, they're overweight. They're a, little, they're a little plump, a little on the chunky side. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean you have to feel bad about it. That's another thing. You have to separate facts from feelings. The fact could be you're obese. You don't have to feel bad about it. I'm not saying that that's a negative thing. It's not a negative connotation of around being a little plump, a little pleasantly plump. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying, if someone says that and you are that, you can only be mad at you because I'm not feeding you McDonald's. You feeding you McDonald's. So how are you going to get mad at me for something you doing? Because I said it. You can't do that. So I want to give a wow award to everybody trying to go after Jillian Michaels, trying to shut her down because she did her job. One, she tried to avoid the situation. Two, she is a fitness guru. If she can call you fat, she's the one to do it. She knows. She's seen a lot of fat. She's seen a lot of weight loss. She sees the damages and the devastations of people who are overweight and obese probably more than the average person. And I know people saying, well, you can't just get diabetes from being overweight. Well, there's two types. One type, you're born with it. One type is the other type. (laughs) You ate yourself into that situation. And look, it could happen to any of us. I know. I understand. And it's not a bad thing, but we have to stop this thing where we can't tell each other the truth. You have to be able to tell someone the truth because guess what? They're already lying to themselves, so they definitely don't want to hear the truth from you. So if you are one of these people trying to cancel Jillian Michaels, it's a wrap. We're canceling you. You're going to get this wow award because you know why? You deserve it. So here it is, pleasantly wrapped for you, a late Christmas gift from your Uncle Tony. Appreciate you. I'll see y'all next time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wow! 
All right, so every episode, I want to bring you guys a deep dive. And in this deep dive, you will not only hear my thoughts in my own words, I want to also hear your thoughts in your own words. And so uh, let's roll the clip that we're going to be talking about this week. Now, in the clip that you just saw, there were allegedly two animal activists, and I'm saying allegedly because I don't know if they were, in fact, animal activists, but the caption that I read, that's what it saw, they called them animal activists, were ripping away a dog from a homeless man. Now, this man is homeless. I don't know much about him. I don't know how long he's been homeless or why he was homeless. That doesn't matter. You were ripping someone's property away. Now, let's, there's a couple of different ways that you can look at it. So one thing I love about having that comedic eye, that third eye to be able to look at things differently, I can analyze the situation from multiple different perspectives before sharing my own. Now, I hear people saying that dog needs a home. That dog deserves better. That dog needs shelter. If that Human can't take care of themselves. They can't take care of a dog. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've definitely been a person driving by seeing a homeless person with a dog or kitten downtown Indianapolis or somewhere in other cities and say, I don't know if that person should have that particular animal because I don't know if they can take care of that animal. I don't know if that person can't find shelter. How are they providing shelter for the animal? I've had those thoughts. I'll be honest, but not to the point where I will go and try to rescue in air quotes or snatch away someone's dog. When I see a homeless person, my first immediate thought is to show them some type of love and compassion in whatever way that I can. It may not always be monetarily. It may be just sending them my prayers and my thoughts. It may be giving them a smile. It may be bringing them food. There was a a homeless guy on my route to work. He was there every day and I would always see him and I would stop and get Hardy's breakfast and take it to him every single day until eventually he disappeared. I can only hope and pray that that guy somewhere, you know, got into a shelter or got something to help him, but he wouldn't speak to me. I wouldn't speak to him. I would leave the food at a safe distance for him to come get it because he was nervous, you know, rightfully so, and we would do that. And so I try to show compassion in whatever way possible. And when I look at that video, the one thing that I'm seeing is missing is compassion. Compassion not only for the dog, but for the human. We got to think about this, man. I understand people love their animals, and I'm not knocking you if you love your animal, but you cannot love your animal more than you love a human being, just on a human level. I'm sorry. You can't do that. You and that human, and I understand humans make decisions. They get themselves into certain situations, and then they have to deal with those situations. I agree with that, but there also is a hierarchy on earth. We have different things that was given us to us given to us by the creator that makes us who we are. Yes, we are not a lion. We're not uh, a hyena. We're not a dog. We're not a cat. We are human beings. We walk upright. And that doesn't make us better than everybody else. But the way that we are thinking, the way that we are composed does give us dominion over everything else that we have and over everything else that is on the earth. Think about this for just a second. You've seen the lion, the king of the jungle, terrorize everyone. You've also seen human beings that have been able to take that lion out of the jungle and tame it. Whether you agree with it or not, 
that has happened. And so we have this dominion based on how we were composed. And so when you see someone who has a shared experience as you, someone who was down on their luck, someone that has had life happen to them, which life happens to all of us in many different ways, the last thing you should do is to try to take the last thing that they have to hold on to. That dog and that man had a special relationship. The reason why I know that is because I can see the fear and the terror in that man's eyes and the fight that he had trying to keep that dog with him. And oh, by the way, the dog didn't look like it was willing to go either. What in your right mind told you it was okay to go over there and do that to this homeless man? Now, in the interest of fairness, I do have to say that I saw a picture earlier. I didn't see an article, so I haven't fully fact-checked this, but I did see a picture of an article saying that the man's dog was returned to him, and the person who took the dog, at least one of the animal activists, they were arrested and then later released. And so all I'm saying is we have to stop valuing a dog's life more than human lives. If you're going to help someone, help the man. And if you really, if you really are one of these people who care uh, more about the dog than the man, Help the man so the man can better take care of the dog. How about that? How about we do it that way? But ripping the life out of someone by taking the last leg they have to stand on is never okay. I'm never going to be for it. It's never going to be the right thing to do. So we're going to take a break. You just heard it in my own words. In the next segment, we're going to have some callers calling in from the internet, and they're going to tell me how they feel about the video in their own words. We'll be right back. All right, now we're talking about the video that we all just watched of these two animal activists taking this homeless guy's dog, which I still can't understand why someone would do that. Well, we're going to take it to the internet. We're going to check out these Twitter and Facebook streets and see what the temperature is on this subject on the internet. So my first caller, I have Darren on the phone. Darren is from Indiana. Darren, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it going, man? Good, man. So you saw the video. Tell me what you think about what you saw in this uh, particular video. Yes, so I'm I'm kind of infuriated about this whole situation. Um, you know, the guy might have been homeless. The, the thing is, it's a puppy, so right. and the dog looked like it was in good. It was in good shape, you know, from looking at the video. I think you shouldn't take away somebody's dog unless you know if the guy was kicking the dog or you know right. something like that. You know, I feel like if you're just intervening and taking the dog's the guy's dog, that's just it's just ridiculous. You know, Darren, the part that I couldn't figure out is okay, maybe you want to give the dog a better life. Because I'll be honest, I've looked at a homeless person with the dog and said, Man, if that human can't take care of themselves, how can they take care of a dog? Right? I'll I'll be the first to admit that I said that. Not to the point where I wanted to go take the dog, but I've said that I've had that thought before. But if you want to help someone out, and you're going to take someone off the street, shouldn't it be the human and not the dog? I mean, the thing is, is I think, you know, don't leave, you know, the dog obviously straight, but I think if the guy wants to help, you know, help the guy and the dog. You know, the funny right. thing is, is I've actually, I've actually got a, um, a pit bull boxer that um, I actually got from some homeless people. Um, my, um, my dad actually, he was the one that got the dog and, um, you know, the guy's like, Hey, you want the dog? And my dad's like, uh, you know, and so my dad gave the guy $10, you know, and took the dog, you know, at least still helping the guy, giving right. the dog a better, but still helping the people. And yeah. I think, you know, it's, you know, I, it's really weird. I always see things like, oh, you know, 
memes on the internet. Oh, you know, if you want to help out, you know, Flint or help out somebody else, show the animals, you know. And it's yeah. it seems like I feel like we're more compassionate, you know, towards animals. I think because you know we see humans like, oh, well, a human got themselves in a situation, the dog right. didn't. Like, I understand that, but yeah, I think you know you should you should be willing to help both people out, not just intervene and try to like just take somebody's companion. That was yeah. that was kind of crazy. And that was my question. My question was, do you feel like people value the dogs, their dogs, their pets more than humans? Now, I've had people say that directly to me before. Yes, I value my dog more than a human because dogs are helpless. They can't help themselves. They would never do something to someone, all these other things. And I grew up watching Sandlot. I know exactly what a dog can do. That dog chased Benny around the whole city <laughs> trying to get the dog back, trying to get their baseball back. But but what do you think about that? Do you think that it is... Um, more of a common issue today that people care more about dogs because they can't help themselves. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like people, just people in general are going to love their animals more than um, other people. I mean, it maybe maybe it's because they're um, helpless, but I know, I know people that they won't talk to anybody in public, but they'll go home and they'll see their dog and it's like, all right, that's my buddy. You know? So I think it's, they help they help one another so wow it's 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 crazy you know i mean i'm an animal <laughs> lover but i think it's 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 just a crazy cycle that we live in um, i agree man i agree well darren thanks for calling man i appreciate the time and make sure you watch the show it's coming out this sunday that's tomorrow at 8 a.m it'll be on youtube and on facebook i'll make sure i send you the link all right sounds good all right thanks man all right, we got the next caller on the line. We have Pon. Pon, I believe, is from Indianapolis. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. So, Pon, you saw the video that I shared of these two animal activists literally ripping a dog from a homeless guy on the street. Please tell me, what are your thoughts on that video? Well, I, I don't really consider them animal activists, more like Satan worshipers, because if they really gave two craps about animals... Uh-huh. They would they would heard the noise that that dog was making as it was being ripped from its human. That's if a good they point. cared about the dog, if they cared about the dog, they would have helped the their the dog's human so the dog would be in a better place. Exactly. Because that dog was just, was no more different than I, I don't know if you're married. I am. But it would be okay. Picture this. Somebody ripping your wife away from you. You're wow. going to be a little upset. Yeah, so, more than a little upset. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just, yeah, exactly. So it's basically you were ripping the most important thing away from that dog. Right. You were taking the dog away from the most important thing. The dog, people that don't have dogs don't understand this. But okay. for the people that have dogs, you touch my dog, you go through me first. Gotcha. So you're basically saying that for the homeless guy and for the dog, they were companions, essentially. And so you're ripping this companion away from this human or the, you know, from the dog or vice versa. And for me, that homeless guy, that's probably one of the last things he has left is that companion. You know what I mean? They have if they don't have anything else, they have each other. And that says a lot. As bad as that man's situation may have been, and I don't know how long he'd been homeless or anything like that, but as bad as your situation is, you have a dog that cares nothing more about in life than it's with you. You go out to the mailbox for two minutes, you go away for uh, 
the eight-hour workday. That dog acts the exact same way when you come back in. You left me. How dare you? You're back right. now. I'm happy. Right. Yeah, and that's something that you can only understand after having a dog. If you don't have a dog, I agree with you. You don't understand how that feeling is. So what do you think the root cause of uh, this type of issue is? It, is the root problem that people care more about dogs than humans, or are these people that just, I don't know, don't care about anything? I, I think those people, is, you know, I think they just didn't have a care. They just had their own self-righteousness. They cared mm. about making themselves feel better. They cared about being able to justify in their head that I'm doing something right as defined by the dictionary inside my head. Right. And, 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 and damned anybody else. It's like, it's like the pilgrims or it's like some of the people when they first came to America. Uh-huh. You know, you weren't a Christian, then you were subhuman. Right. And you deserve, and you died. Yeah. Now, now, if you wanted to convert over to Christianity, then it's all good, and you can become one of us. You may right. be a second class of us, but you can be one of us, and we won't kill you. Whew. You're opening up a big can of worms, but I'll tell you that I do believe that we live in a time, and maybe it's been this way for a while, and maybe you know, as the older I'm getting, I'm just uh, recognizing it more, but we do live in a time where we people try to take our morals and our beliefs and force them on everyone. Right. And now if you don't respect or support my morals or my beliefs, now you're the bad guy. You know what I mean? Instead of your morals and your beliefs should be for you, for you to uh, practice them in whatever way you want to practice them. But that doesn't mean that you get to impose them on me and I have to uh, support it or be in service of your beliefs if that's not what I believe in. No, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, that's why we have Muslims and, you know, all parts of the world we have christians in all parts of the world uh-huh. why can't muslims and christians learn to get along right something i learned something i read in a business law class in high school is stuck with me since high since high school and i'm not telling you how long it's been because that's irrelevant <laughs> <laughs> but um the right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose right okay i like that so, the right to swing so, your fist ends at the tip of my i like that so it's like, you know, do whatever you want. But at the point where, you know, it's like some of the current political situations going on in our country, mm-hmm. I look at it like, you know, I'm not going to talk about whether we should spend more money on Social Security or, you know, do this or do that. Right. But I'm talking about basic humanitarian rights. Exactly. If you can't understand idea that you can't go up to a woman and grab her hoo-ha without her permission <laughs> and, then right. if you have to, and if you have to, and if you have to ask permission the answer is probably no then you don't deserve at the table at the seat of the discussion if you're going to be that cruel to a dog then there's something wrong with your basic underlying dna and it's like i don't care if you're a christian because as I understand it, and as many Christians would have believed, or Muslims, or you know, whatever religion, mm-hmm. you don't treat an animal like that, and you certainly don't treat, make a human feel the way they were making that human feel when they took away the the one thing that made him not feel hopeless about his life as he right. was sitting there. I agree with you, man. I appreciate you. This dog loves me. This dog exactly. loves me. That is the thing. That dog loves me. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I appreciate you just telling it to us plain and giving it to us in your own words. I really appreciate it. Hey, I'll send you a link to this episode when it comes out. All right, appreciate it. They All do right. call me Mr. Plain. Mr. Plain, I like All right, it. Bye. All right, bye. Bye. He brought some fire. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. With this, when I say give it to me in your own words, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, bad boys. When you drive, that's how you drive. When you call into the show, that's how you talk. It don't matter if I agree with it or not. It don't matter if you believe in it or not. I want to hear real, raw, and in your own words. The same way I give it to you, I want you to give it to me. All right, we're back. Man, thank you guys for calling in. If you want to be on an episode of In My Own Words, make sure you DM me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. It's at Tony R. Sanders on all of them. Twitter.com slash Tony R. Sanders. Facebook.com slash Tony R. Sanders. And Instagram.com slash Tony R. Sanders. I would love to hear from you. I would love to have you on your show to share your opinions. Have you on my show, not on your show. Can't have you on your show. I would love to have you on my show to share your opinions and let me know what you think about whatever it is we're talking about. So make sure you DM me. Hit me up. My DMs are open. I also want to take this time to give a special shout out to God is Dope for making this wonderful hoodie. This is not an ad. I just like supporting dope things. I found them on Instagram. I think they're out of Texas. Maybe don't quote me on that, but check it out. Um, I'll make sure that I uh, post this on my Instagram and at mention them. But this hoodie is super comfortable, great material and great messaging. Of course, God is Dope. I definitely agree. Now, to end every show, I want to make sure that I give you guys some marriage advice, okay? Because every time I talk to people when I go out, especially if you see me do stand-up, I'm going to be talking about my life, and my life is composed of marriage and children. So maybe we'll get some parenting advice as well. But I will tell you this. I've been married for 11 years. I've been a father for 13 going on 14 years. And so there is some knowledge and information in his head. I'm not just a pretty face. This is not just a pretty face. <laughs> There's some information in here. And I want to start sharing that information. And so my marriage tip of the week this week goes out to the fellas. Fellas, listen, your wife doesn't know what she wants and it's not her fault. See, as humans, we have this wonderful ability <laughs> To be able to evolve over time. Meaning, if you see one human do something and it, it turns out bad, it turns out to be detrimental, it turns out to change the course of their life, after a while of seeing that, you're going to not want to do that thing again. And that's exactly what happened with our wives. If you look at the first marriage from Adam and Eve, just think about it just for a second. Adam asked Eve, what do you want to eat? And she knew immediately, I want to eat that tree. And God said, don't eat that tree. And she wanted to eat it anyway. So what did she do? She went, got her some, and then gave some to Adam. They ended up knowing that they were naked. Sin entered the world, and we haven't been the same since. Now, ever since then, no woman has ever known what she wants to eat. Fellas, don't try to pressure her into it. If you ask her what she wants to eat and she says she don't know, that is her evolutionary instincts kicking in from Mama Eve saying, mm-mm, don't choose that. Don't choose that. Now, I understand it may come with some heartache and headache, fellas, because you're going to say, OK, cool. Well, let's go to chicken and waffles. And she's going to say, I don't want chicken and I don't want waffles. 
And then you're going to suggest another place. And she's going to say that she doesn't want that either. She knows everything she doesn't want. She just don't know what she does want because the first time a woman knew what she wanted to eat, it never worked out. Listen, man, I appreciate you guys watching the episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to say that without God, I would not be here. And if you don't know him, you should get to know him. This has been In My Own Words. I'm Tony Sanders. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Moving to Mondays. Don't forget it.